Welcome back to the Kohler Show. This is a sports episode. If you didn't read the title on the, uh, the app or wherever you're watching this, today we're talking sports. The Super Bowl is on Sunday. Uh, exciting week. NBA trade deadlines going down. Um, it's it's a lot of stuffs going on right now. Uh, Kevin Durant just went to the Suns. D'Angelo Russell just went to the Lakers. Stuff's going down. And I think I might have my own episode for that because I want to talk more NFL and stuff that's going on over there. And we, I mean, the NBA trade deadline's still going on right now at the time of the recording this. And uh, so, yeah, that's where we're going to go. So... And I actually, we are going to talk a little bit of basketball because I do want to talk about Kyrie Irving and how shit of a person he is. Um, all right, so just quick update. Social media has been going much. It's, I'm, I'm actually growing on social media right now. Not a lot, but there is growth. You know, week over week, there's more people following me than the previous week. So... I also had, and this is mostly on TikTok, uh, Instagram I've yet to figure out. I think it's much harder to gain followers there. I think you actually actually need to be somewhat famous for something before that happens. Um, So TikTok, I, and this isn't sports, I'm sorry, this isn't sports, but it's funny still. I did a review, I've been doing movie reviews, that's just kind of, it's, movies are something I've always enjoyed and I've opinions on them obviously but I've been reviewing movies I reviewed the Pamela Anderson Netflix documentary Pamela a love story on TikTok it's been my most popular video let's just check the numbers here uh in a week it has gotten 4600 600 4,666 views, 181 likes, and 50-something comments. Um, and not a lot of positive comments. Now, there have been people that are like, yeah, you're right, or like, yeah, this movie. The thing is, I wasn't commenting on Pamela Anderson herself, really. Uh, I did point out a, a few things that she said that I found were silly, or a few things that she did that I found were silly. And I pointed that stuff out, but literally the 35 to 55 age, mostly white women demographic really just came after me in full force, uh, saying like, I'm a piece of shit. I should eat a dick. Um, I don't understand. I'm a man. I'm a narcissist. These are all things that people said because I said that Pam Anderson getting married six times was a bit much, and maybe she should take a step back and think a little bit more before she engages in these marriages. So that was one thing I said. Another thing I said was there was a big point made in the movie that um, she would do these talk shows. So after she got hired by Playboy and she posed nude for Playboy, she then got a tit job because, as this, this is her words, by the way, uh, the Playboys, the, the other Playboy models uh, said, you need to get a tit check. <coughs> 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 
Sorry. You need to get a tit job. Um, so, because that was the thing in the 90s. Everybody got tit jobs. I'm personally not a fan of tit jobs. I, you know, I like a normal, the way God made you, um, or however you want to say that. I just, when you get a tit job, it just kind of, you know, stretches everything out and makes everything harder than it should be, and it kind of looks weird, and it looks fake usually. Not saying that they're all bad. It's just, that's just my preference. This, by the way, has nothing to do with the review because I didn't say any of that. All I said was she got a tit job. She was posing nude in Playboy, and she was doing Baywatch where her character's whole thing was she ran around in a bikini with her tits bouncing in slow motion. That was basically the extent of the show, right? That was the point. Like, the show was sex appeal because it's hot people wearing barely any clothes running around on the beach and they were doing other things like saving lives, whatever. They were they were lifeguards. I mean, you can be a lifeguard when you're 19, 18 years, 17 years old if you do like a two-week training. This, I mean, regardless. So I, I basically said she's going around doing these late-night talk shows and it ran this bunch of clips of all these guys at all these talk show hosts, Jay Leno, whoever you want, David Letterman, talking about her tits. And she's like talking about being objectified or whatever, which maybe they shouldn't ask those questions, but like what else should they have asked about her favorite color? Cause she's doing these shows after getting a tit job and being famous for being hot and naked in a magazine. And people are asking her about her tits and people were outraged that I said, Hey, there's a little bit of cause and effect here. People are going to ask these questions. I'm sorry. And people were outraged. <laughs> Absolutely. I said, I said, maybe somebody should have told Pamela after her first marriage when she got married to Tommy Lee, the drummer from Motley Crue, after four days in Mexico, in which he went and found her. She didn't even, she was, she was trying to avoid him. And they met at a club and within four days were married, which led to the sex tape being released and all that, blah, 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 blah. Which, by the way, she has two sex tapes. So she, this whole movie, she only touches on the one sex tape and that it was stolen. She didn't release it. She never made a penny from it. She was exploited. And if that's true, yeah, that, that's awful. But also she released a second sex tape with Brett Michaels. Is that the same case? I don't know. She didn't touch on that. And this, this documentary is almost two hours long of her saying, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. And we just glanced over that part. We touched on the Kid Rock marriage, though, so that was cool. Uh, I mean, what I and the thing about women on the internet is, in these comments, I'm I know that I I shouldn't generalize. I hate generalization generalizations. I've said that many times before, but these these women commenting aren't giving a reason they're upset. What I said that was wrong or incorrect. It was just, I don't understand because I'm a man. And it's such an issue with today's everything. 
because you can just say things like that. And because I am a man, the you'll have a whole group behind you hyping you up, feeding into that bullshit that because I'm a man, I don't understand why Pamela Anderson might get married six times. She gets a divorce in the middle of the movie. She marries a guy who's just a contractor on her house. And I, I believe it's British Columbia and Canada where she's from. Um, that was another one. People are commenting. How could you do this to America's sweetheart? She's fucking Canadian first off. Um, so, and I don't have like, I like, that's fine. Like she is a sex symbol regardless. That's, that's her thing. And I don't have an issue with her getting married six times even because it's her life, not mine. But I did point out that it's a little silly that nobody was like, hey, Pamela, maybe wait a few days or weeks. There's a quote in the movie where she says, why do people wait two years to get married? I knew after a few days I wanted to marry Tommy Lee. Well, it didn't work out. So maybe adjust that strategy the next time. Like we live in this fantasy like lady world where like ladies can just say whatever they want, go to their therapist, get that thought reinforced by their therapist. Everybody hype them up that they're right. And then, and then men are just like, what the fuck dude? And it's resulting in the lowest amount of marriages and the, the least amount of kids being born and more people are lonely than ever. Less people are getting laid more than ever. It's ridiculous. Like there needs, there's give and take on everything and there needs to be give and take with the male female thing. And right now it's swung way to females needing to open up their brains a little bit and thinking about things from a different perspective because it's, there's just this thought that because men are men that they're bad, like straight off the bat or that they don't understand or that they, you know, they're, it's it's them, 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 them. And there are things men can improve on. I will admit. There are some things that men can improve on, but like it needs to start on the other side because right now guys are just kind of getting beaten down. And I mean, it's like, like we literally can't do a, a thing right. Sorry. Women, men rant over. Uh, yeah. So they've been coming after me on TikTok. But I enjoy it. I actually enjoy the the comment creator got back and forth because I, I literally, like, I don't get why people get so down on themselves. And I guess technically, like, mentally, I was kind of scared of people coming for me at first. So I'm like, oh, man, they're going to call me whatever. Like, if you've heard this and you're a woman, there's a good chance you're probably calling me a sexist or whatever. Um, and that's fine. It's just... Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. It was just something mentally. And then once it happened, I was like, oh, no, this is kind of fun. And I like responding to comments like that. Um, one person said, eat a dick. I said, was that one of her movies that she was in? I'm not familiar. So it's fun for me because I guess that I just don't care anymore. Um, and that's just been a theme in my life the past couple of months is I've just been caring less and less about that kind of stuff. Um the Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck is a book I read. Um, great, great if you want to to look more into that mindset. I'm actually on my fourth book right now, about to finish it, Greenlight by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, I, I, I'm reading more than ever, and it's great. I suggest reading books. It's It, it, it feels good. You, you feel smarter. 
and uh, it's it's just a more better way to spend your time than you know binge watching shows or whatever, which I do too. Like I have plenty of free time, being unemployed and all. All right, let's get into uh, sports. This is a sports episode, and the first twelve minutes of the episode have been me bitching about old ladies on the internet. <clears throat> So I stumbled across a video. I wrote a blog on this. I I wrote a blog. I made a TikTok about this as well. There's this growing opinion and things that are being thrown out about sports fans and sports being a bread and circus and it being a distraction from what's really going on in the world. That people that watch sports don't understand what's going on with the like the World Economic Forum or Russia, or like we don't understand, you know, what's really going on with politics. We just we like we're just dumb monkey people that go and just watch a football game and go yeah touchdown. And it's such a stupid, stupid position to have. Let me explain. Information is a plenty right now. There's the internet. The bread and circuses was in the Roman times. When the Roman Empire was thriving, they would do that. They would have the Colosseum and people would come and watch the gladiators and people just kill each other and they would give them bread so that they had food to eat. And people would be like, yeah, and that would make them happy. And then they would calm down and not not worry about all the politics and death and destruction going around them with the Roman empire. But, uh, they didn't have smartphones or the internet computers to look at. Like you literally have access to any information you want at any point in the day. It's in your pocket. It's not hard to access. And so people are still saying that it like, Oh, I like I, I was talking to one of my friends from back in the day and and he he knew who the Mets pitcher was that was pitching that day, but he didn't know who the vice president was. Bread and circuses. And I guess, yeah, there are some people that really don't give a fuck that much about politics. Not like you're gonna change anything anyways. By the way, the people that think this, you're not changing anything anyways. I, I'm just sorry you're not. Most of you have bloated uh, dumb opinions anyways that are just whatever your side thinks. Either you're a Republican and you have Republican thoughts or you're de- Democrat and have Democratic thoughts. And there's no real thought that goes into it on your end where you do a little bit of research into both sides and say, hey, well, well this makes sense. This makes sense. Uh, this is where we can meet in the middle. This is what like the give and take will be. This is how we can do this without causing a civil war. And you just say, no, it's my way. And if it's not my way, then we're not going to do it. And then the other side goes, no, well, then if we're not doing it my way, then we're not doing it all. And then there's just constant battle in this whole thing. And uh, I'm sure that all you people that say this are going to just, you know, fucking save the world or whatever. Whatever you think you're going to do, you're not going to do it. And people caring about sports and watching a football game and just kind of checking out for three hours to watch the Super Bowl are not in the wrong. You are. You're the fucking idiot, not us. Because I know a lot about sports. You want to know what else I know a lot about? I know a lot about movies. I know about how movies are filmed. I know a lot about actors, what they did, their backstories. Uh, I know a lot about 
the point is actors and sports and movies. And I know a lot about music and artists. I know a lot about politics. I know a lot about what's going on, the arguments, what's in the news. I know about the World Economic Forum. I know about the, the, the uh, you will own nothing and be happy. I know about all that stuff. Okay, and I watch more sports than I'm going to say 90%, if not more, 95, 99% of people do. And I do it sober. I just sit there and I just watch fucking college basketball every night. And there's nothing wrong with that. What's What there is something wrong with is people that are saying, and again, it's a lot of women who just who think that whatever they care about because the bachelor or milf manor is much more important to spend your time watching than sports you're wasting your time just in a different way and i don't know why that makes you think you're right just because you waste your time in a different way doesn't make your time more right than my time um you know you get the facts you can read it in 30 minutes 45 minutes you can watch the video it takes 10, 15 minutes of what everybody's talking about. And, and you, and you're up to date. That's the great thing about the internet and YouTube is I don't need to watch an hour of sports center to understand what happened. Uh, I get updates on my phone and then I say, Oh, that's interesting. I go on YouTube. I look at the 10, sometimes five to 10 minute clip of what they say on ESPN of whatever I'm interested in. Then I have that knowledge. Same with the news. Every day I get updates on the news. I say, wow, that's interesting. I follow things on the news, uh, follow news program or journalists, whatever you want to say on social media. I get the gist of the story. If it's something I deem important or interesting or that I want to know more about, I'll look up a little 10-minute, 15-minute, 20-minute video on YouTube. I'll either watch it or listen to it because you can do both. You have headphones on all day anyways. Your phone's right there all day anyways. Listen to it, and then I have the knowledge. And that's that's what you're talking about when you say that. So all these people out here who are so like sports are dumb, people who watch sports are dumb, you're equally as dumb. So let's just get that clear, all right? And you're probably not doing the research that you think you're doing. You're probably just listening to whatever your guy says on the news and then just rolling with that and then just regurgitating what that guy said instead of actually thinking, reading both sides, thinking, well, what makes sense logically? And then that being where you go with it, it's just, it's so stupid. It's such a dumb, 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 dumb. All right, we're at 20 minutes. Um, so let's talk about actual sports. I'll leave Kyrie Irving for the NBA trade deadline episode. We'll just leave it at that. Kyrie Irving's a bad person. Uh, I'll talk about National Signing Day later. Talk about the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl happened. They had the new format where they were playing games and flag football instead of normal, regular, you know, put on the pads, hit each other. And a lot of people said it was stupid or boring, whatever, blah, 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 yada, yada. And the thing is, uh, they were saying it's stupid and boring. And obviously these guys aren't going to give it their all. If you get hurt, you're costing yourself millions of dollars. 
I thought this was a much better way of doing it because the Pro Bowl was never... I don't know why, where people think the Pro Bowl was an interesting experience in the first place. Uh, the only thing that kind of made it interesting was it's like all the guys you know that are really good are in one place, but you're not getting their all. Like It's not like... Uh, let's use like J.J. Watt for an example. It's not like J.J. Watt's going out there bull rushing Zach Martin every play trying to get a sack. That's not happening. They're, they're very leisurely playing football to not hurt themselves, and that's not a good experience because football is an all-out game. It's an all-out game. You're literally going to war when you play football. So the Pro Bowl, people hated it. Some people thought it was fine. I think it was fine. Like it was, it was more player interaction than actual. Like they they still had the flag football games, which is fine. And it's you get a bunch of different things. I mean, the catch contest was so stupid. Like I, like d don't do that again. It was literally so stupid. And I get you're trying to uh, mirror what the NBA did with like a with a kind of like a slam dunk contest. It just doesn't work. The, the quarterback, like, skills challenge is much, to me, that's the most interesting one because it's kind of the most difficult. Uh, they used to have those where, like, it would be, like, Tom Brady and he'd run through an obstacle course while trying to throw the ball and, you know, hur like, hurdle and go through. Like, that stuff is, it's kind of entertaining to watch because they're still competing, so there's a competition aspect to it at least. Um, a catch contest is just guys jumping off a trampoline <laughs> trying to catch it. There was nothing amazing in there uh, that changed your mind on the whole thing. But anyways, yeah, the Pro Bowl, I like it. I like it like this. Let's keep it like this. If you're complaining about it still, you're probably one of those people where it's just like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Because it, it, it doesn't make sense. What, what, like, what else? Like Sean Taylor is not coming back to destroy a punter which was kind of fucked up if you think about it. That's kind of fucked up that Sean Taylor absolutely decimated an NFL punter in the Pro Bowl on a fake punt. I don't know, man. I don't know. This It, it was fine, and it's leading into the Super Bowl where we got the Chiefs and the, the Eagles. And this is one of the better matchups of what I think are two really solid teams and teams that are going to be solid for a few years. Um, last year we had the Rams and the Bengals and the Rams have always kind of been built on a house of cards where if one of their main guys goes down, they're kind of screwed. And that happened this year with Matt Stafford who's proving less and less durable as he gets older which is unfortunate because he's one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, Matt Stafford going down really destroyed the Rams whole season, and he'll be back next year, but still, it's he's getting older, not younger. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey are really the pieces that their whole defense is built around. Donald's constantly flirting with retirement. Ramsey might be out. They don't have any money elsewhere. They have no draft picks. Um at least this year, I don't, and next year they do. Yeah, next year they do. So people were saying, oh, you can just, the salary cap doesn't matter. You can just build your team, and the Rams are doing it. Look at the Rams. They have all these players. They won one Super Bowl, and that's what you want to do. But the team's 
basically decimated at this point, and it's looking like a full rebuild here. Um, unless they have one more year to really try and, you know, try and nudge it. But Donald's over 30. Ramsey's probably on his way out. Stafford's pretty much done. Whitworth leaving was a huge loss. They, they don't have a very good offensive line. Cam Akers came back around, but he is a running back. And so, yeah, there's that. Yeah, the Bengals, the Bengals are a very good team. I think they should have been in the Super Bowl anyways instead of the Chiefs, but the Chiefs won. And so the Chiefs are in. Obviously, the Chiefs are built for success. The Chiefs and the Eagles are both very well-built teams. Um, the Chiefs nail the draft every year, which is what you want to build a long-standing team. Sorry, I'm trying to look over my mic to get to the... So when you look at the players that the Chiefs have drafted, which is what you need to keep replenishing your roster when you get to that level of guys that can come in and play when you might lose somebody. So, for example, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who's a running back, is a guy they drafted. They drafted Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, who came in when Clyde Edwards-Alaire didn't miss a beat. They still have a good running, like running back core. Jarek McKinnon was a free agent signing that they got for very cheap, who's been very productive. Running or receiver, they lose Tyree Kill, who was who has a thirty million dollar contract with the Dolphins. Don't get me wrong, Tyree Kill, a great player, but uh, they have Marquez Valdez Scantling, uh, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, who they drafted, and uh, Juju Smith Schuster, Smith Schuster, Michael Hardman, and Justin Watson, who they drafted. Michael Hardman, they drafted as well. So really, they. Got rid of Tyreek Hill, brought in MVS and Juju Smith-Schuster and for significantly less money than just that one player. And that that they used to spread out over the rest of the roster and have just... Patrick Mahomes has had such just as good of a season. I don't know why it's so hard for me to talk. I need to take a little... I need to take a chill pill. Chill it down. Matthew McConaughey reading his book. So, yeah, you got Travis Kelsey. No Gray's a guy they drafted. Blake Bell, I'm not sure if they drafted, but he's been on the roster for a long time. Joe Thune's a guy they brought in free agency. Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, those are guys they drafted. Orlando Brown they brought in. But Lucas Niang, Darian Kennard, those are guys they drafted. Frank Clark's on his last leg with them. Chris Jones is a the guy they drafted. Michael Dana is a guy they drafted. George Karloftis drafted. Kane Doe drafted. I mean, the, Derek Nandi, Kalen Saunders, Willie Gay, Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel, Trent McDuffie, Legereus Sneed, Brian Cook, Jalen Watson. These are all dudes. Juan Thornhill they drafted. These are all dudes they drafted who are... Literally, what their whole team's built on with a few free agents here and there. It's very important when you're building a team to do that. The Eagles did a similar thing as well. They have a lot of guys. Now, their contract situation is a little more fucked up after this year. Um, they're going to have a tough go here keeping a, a contender of this level around. But they, you know, they have a very well-built team. And these teams are matched up kind of perfectly to... It's like a perfect duel of two styles where the Eagles are very much built on 
hard, like heavy running the ball, control them, control the offensive line. They have deep threats with AJ Brown and Devonte Smith. Dallas Goddard's a very good possession tight end. They got three backs that they kind of filter through Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. If filter through these guys, each has kind of their own role. Jalen Hurts is a threat to run. And then on defense, they get after the passer. They have, uh, I think, the most guys with over 10 sacks in a season um, this year in NFL history, which is, uh, I think it's six or seven guys. It's crazy. Reddick, Cox, Graham. Maybe Barnett. Anyways, they have a bunch of guys that are good. They have good, good secondary players. So it's going to be the Chiefs air it out kind of system where they use creativity and getting the ball out on the edges and the speed and Patrick Mahomes basically picking you apart versus Jalen Hurts pounding the rock. Which it makes it a very interesting game. Um, Cause they're both, I, I mean it, like even that they're, they're pretty balanced cause it's not like Jalen Hurts doesn't throw the ball. It's not like the chiefs don't run the ball. Uh, but it's it's going to be an interesting game. And these are two coaches who have very creative offensive play calling. Like the Chiefs do the weirdest plays I've ever seen drawn up. Um, and they go out there and, you know, they sling it. So on, I, here's what the game is going to come down to. This is what I think it's going to come down to. Last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, they played the Buccaneers, and the Buccaneers beat them bad because Patrick Mahomes had a tendency of drifting out of the pocket which allowed the defensive ends to get upfield and sack him a lot, which stalled drives, which if you do that and you give the ball to Tom Brady, he's going to consistently score with a good enough offense. So that's what hurt them the last time was Mahomes was constantly under pressure because of a weak O-line and his tendency to drift out of the pocket, which caused the Buccaneers to get after him, uh, make mistakes, not be able to make the plays that he usually makes, and... That cost them the game. So if the Eagles can do that, where they can use this pass rush and all these waves of defensive linemen to get after Patrick Mahomes, then the Chiefs will be in some trouble. What I think, though, is that it's going to go the other way around. I think the Chiefs are a much better running team than people give them credit for. I think Patrick Mahomes is much more inclined to do three-step drops, five-step drops, stick stick in the pocket now and kind of pick you apart instead of just finding Tyreek Hill on bombs. Uh, that mixed with Andy Reid's creative play calling and who knows what kind of crazy stuff we're going to see on, on Sunday. But that combined with that, a defense who's pretty good, uh, you're giving Steve Spagnuolo, who's been in the league for quite a long time, two weeks to prepare for Jalen Hurts who is mostly a get out of the pocket and find a guy or run the ball himself or RPO game kind of quarterback. I think the Eagles, I think it's going to be a close game, but I think the Eagles are going to kind of find themselves outmatched in the fourth quarter when you need to be matched. And I think that's going to be the difference. Uh, I still think guys like Devontae Smith are going to have a big game. I think Miles Sanders probably has a big game, but I think who has a bigger game is Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a close. Uh, it's going to be one of the better Super Bowls that we see, I think, um, that we have seen. 
Last year's was a pretty good game. There was kind of a feeling that the Bengals were a little outmatched there with the season that guys like Cooper Cup had had. Um, and OBJ on the Rams there. I mean, he did tear his ACL in like the second quarter, but he was just tearing them up when he was playing. It cost me a few bucks there with that torn ACL. But uh, anyways, that's what I think. I think the Chiefs win. I, I'm going to say the final score is going to be uh, in the probably 31 to 28, 31 to 27, somewhere in there. Chiefs. And uh, and you're going to see a crazy play from the Chiefs that you've never seen before. I can almost guarantee that. So, yeah, that's that's interesting. That's the Super Bowl. Rihanna's going to be the halftime show. I don't think they've announced any any other performers with her. So there's going to be somebody random in there that performs with her. Uh, I could see maybe like an Eminem coming out. They've done a few songs. Or uh, I'm not even going to try and guess. It's Here's my thoughts on Rihanna. She's a fine artist. I don't have an issue with her. I feel like she's very overrated, though. Like, all of her songs, to me, are just super annoying. Like, not really good songs. They're, they're really super annoying pop songs. To me, to me, white women. Um, when I was in high school, the song, Don't, uh, Please Don't Stop the Music, Music, that song had come out, and... Not when I was in high school, but I, 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 it was probably 2010. The song came out in 2007, according to what I just pulled up. And we had a fundraiser where there was like a goal of how much they wanted to raise. And the way they were going to raise that was at lunch every day, they would play that song, Don't Stop the Music by Rihanna, on a loop until like every day until they hit that goal. That was a real thing that my high school did uh, for a fundraiser. And so I, I hate that song. I hate it because it was like three weeks to a month. Umbrella to me is like, I don't know, diamonds, like whatever. Love the way you lie. That's a Eminem's. I mean, it's just like these songs to me are, and I feel like she's overrated because she's attractive, like super attractive. And even that, I think she's attractive wise, like okay. I like I guess I'm in the minority here. I don't a lot of people like think that she's like the hottest girl ever, whatever. Um, but I don't she just never did anything for me. I I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm just not that big of a Rihanna fan, and I'm usually a big fan of most artists. Um, uh, I mean, I obviously respect the craft. She's never gonna you know, work a day in her life and just do this. And uh, she's probably never going to hear my opinion on it. So, yeah, Rihanna at halftime, Chiefs win the game. I think it's going to be it's, it's going to be such a good game. Really excited. I am sad. Everybody that watches football is kind of sad besides unless you're a Chiefs or Eagles fan. This is pretty much the end of the season. We got, you know, three hours, four hours until – until it's done, man. And then, uh, and then, yeah, we get the draft, which I will be attending. We get 
that and then it's just nothing until August again. So enjoy it. Enjoy the enjoy all the festivities, all the food that's going to be there. Um, use that's your cheat day. I give you permission to cheat and eat whatever you want. Take it easy on the alcohol. I've still only drink one one time. I have drank since December twentieth. I'm pretty proud about that. And honestly, I don't. I don't even have like. And by the way, I wasn't an alcoholic. I would only drink, you know, one or two days a week when it was a, it was just kind of, it's just culturally what we do. You know, if you're out with friends, I'm not going to be drinking an iced tea. Now I am. I don't really go out with friends anymore. But yeah, I, I mean, it's like I don't have a desire to go out is what I'm saying. Not like I had an issue where I was like, I need to, I need to drink a bottle of jack every day i didn't i didn't ever have one of those it was it was like i'd go out and drink michelob ultras if i was out with my friends but you know i don't even want to do that anymore so uh, i mean i'm feeling good about it my body's feeling good about it i will i'm gonna do a coaching carousel episode because i want to talk about i i'm doing a deep dive into the coaching carousel and nfl coaches being hired and fired because every year, without fail, this comes up because the other sports are boring. Like today we have the NBA trade deadline, so they're talking about that, thank God, which is much more exciting than what they usually talk about on the main sports channels. Uh, but we always come across this kerfuffle every year with the NFL coaches and the percentage of them that are black or minority coaches and the percentage that are white, despite the league being, you know, 80% black player wise. And it's such a manufactured by the media issue. It's unbelievable because they aren't willing to say whose fault it is. They're not saying the owner of this team is racist and he's not hiring black coaches. They're just saying, in general, everybody is racist, so they're not they're only hiring white coaches. When there was a time when there was like 13 at one time of just black coaches. And you know, as time goes on, guys get fired for not it's a meritocracy. If you're doing good, if your team's playing well, if you're winning games, you're not gonna get fired. But Brian Flores, they started off on like one and seven, that team that he got fired from. Not only did they start off one and seven, Brian Flores wanted to get rid of the quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, who's still there, by the way, and had issues with ownership in the GM, the GM who was black, by the way. So they got rid of him because he was causing issues and wanting to trade the player that they are building their whole team around, who is like 23 years old, 22 years old at the time. And that's why he got fired. It wasn't because he was black. Because the GM who fired him is black. And the guy they hired afterwards to take over the team of their Samoan quarterback was black. They hired a black guy from San Francisco. Now, he, his pigment isn't as dark as Brian Flores. But does that matter? I don't think it does. 
I don't think any of it matters. I don't think it matters at all if a coach is white or black or Puerto Rican or fucking Korean. Do they win the game? Do they win the game when they go to play the game? Is the team performing or not? Is, isn't that what really matters? Do the guys who aren't performing get fired? Yeah. Yeah, they do. They get fired every year. White and black, they get fired. Some of them get to stay longer than they should. Ron Rivera should probably be fired from the commanders. He's not, he's not white. I don't know. I don't know why this is such an issue. Why we have to do this every year and say, oh, this guy is not getting hired. Maybe it's something he's doing or saying or he doesn't want it or maybe it's that. We're just assuming that he's just not getting hired because, like, has he said anything personally? Because the guy I'm referencing right now did say something personally. He said, yeah, I like the team I'm on. I like the position I'm in. There's no reason to change that. And he said, I respect the other teams for going with whatever coaches they want, but I'm okay with being here. He said that. Eric Bieniemy said that the first year when he was up for coaching jobs. It's been like four or five years since then. Uh, I mean, they're in the Super Bowl again. Other black coaches have been hired since then. Are they just racist towards just him? I don't know. And again, I'll do the, I'll I'll bring this up in a different episode. I just wanted to give a little I just wanted to get that off my chest because it's one of the, it's one of the, my biggest pet peeves in sports is we have to talk about this every year. And I want to set the record straight because I know the facts and I've already done this once. I mean, if you're a good coach, you get hired. That's the bottom line. That's the bottom line. There's also an argument that's like, well, they only get offered the bad jobs. Then don't take it. <laughs> then don't take the job. Wait for a good job that fits what you want to take it. Don't just take the first job that comes to you. Jesus Christ, dude. Um, and let's just wrap up with LeBron James passing, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for the all time leading score in NBA history. I've always been a huge LeBron fan. I know that he says things that are controversial or political and he shouldn't say things like that, but I mean, it's his prerogative. I don't like don't listen to it is what I would say, I guess. It's not, it doesn't really have anything to do with the sport. Um, I know like he's, he said like pro China comments before who cares? I mean, really like if you don't think that he knows what he's talking about, then just don't fucking like, don't register it. Be like, that was stupid. But don't make him out to be this awful person. I think his movies are awful. Space Jam 2 was an atrocity. And House Party was an atrocity. I wouldn't say an atrocity. It was just a, ba- a really bad movie that was really badly executed. Um, so, I, yeah, like, congrats on LeBron. Been a huge fan for a long time. 
it's one of the toughest records. People thought this record would never be broken. It's literally stood up for 40 years, 40, 45 something years. So, it, I mean, it's crazy that he's done it. He's still performing at a very high level. The level he's playing at right now is way past what Kareem was playing at when he broke the record. Uh, so this record just—he's gonna keep going. It's gonna get bigger because he's at least playing until you know Bronny gets in into uh, into the pros, so that he can have at least one season with. Him. And I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't keep playing like a Brady-like career. He's not slowing down. His team just made a move. A lot of people are writing them off and saying, oh, this is the Suns' year. The Suns are going to win it. I mean, the Suns, we'll talk about this in trade deadline, but they have injured players. I mean, LeBron's healthy. AD's pretty much healthy. D'Lo's healthy. I don't know. I've, I would take LeBron over all those players in the playoffs right now. So, yeah, that's what we got. Uh, I got a college football episode coming out. I got a NBA trade deadline episode coming out. I got a coaching carousel deep dive coming out. I will have a normal episode coming out hopefully this week. And my best friend Rob from Vegas is coming into town for the Super Bowl. Hoping I can do an episode with him maybe. We'll see if we have time for that. That would be a good combo. That would be more of a comedy episode because that's what I do. Um, but, yeah, that's all I got for the Super Bowl. Go Chiefs. Go Patrick Mahomes. Build that legacy. And uh, we'll talk to you in the next one. Have a good one.